Welcome to another episode of A Peculiar Parent. I'm so glad you're here. I'm super passionate about today's topic, which is about emotions. It's funny because as I was editing, I realized that I was talking louder in this episode as I was explaining some concepts and diving in and expressing things. So if the volume seems a little extra today, it's my passion showing through. (laughs) But in today's episode, we dive into why emotions are gifts. We talk about getting comfortable with them, expressing and talking about them, labeling, and a lot about validation. You'll also hear me mention coping and problem solving, and we did dive into that, but I had to cut that part out because the episode came out to be over an hour. So I'll have to make a part two and talk about those concepts there. A lot of what I talk about, and honestly, a lot of my knowledge of emotional intelligence comes from the amazing work of Alyssa Blask Campbell. She is the creator of Seed and Sew on Instagram and has a podcast called Voices of Your Village. She is so knowledgeable on this topic and has actually done research along with her colleague, Laurel Stowell, and together they created the Collaborative Emotional Processing Method. Their book, Tiny Humans, Big Emotions, just released, and you know I snagged a copy of that. I'd 1000% recommend that you do too. And definitely check out her podcast and Instagram. They have so much good stuff to share. All right, I can't wait any longer, so let's get into today's episode. You are listening to A Peculiar Parent, where I hope to help shift perspectives so we can better raise a generation of confident peacemakers who are full of love and compassion for themselves and others. My name is Aspen Bourne. Thanks for being here. Come along with me and let's shift some perspectives. I truly believe that as we know better, we do better. Welcome to today's episode. Super stoked about today's episode because it's something that I'm super passionate about. Can you guess what it is? Well, I already know. <laughs> I, know. I know what it's about. It's about emotions. <laughs> Woo! Um, which, yeah, a lot of people kind of have a negative, negative, what's the word? Thoughts about? Yeah, I feel like emotions are usually seen as something extreme. It's like we always want to get rid of extremes. Yeah, it's just kind of like an uncomfy thing for lots of people. And usually a lot of times emotion means that anytime strong emotion is emitted from someone, it's because something's wrong, like something needs fixing, sort of. Yeah, yeah, like people people look at it as something to be fixed. Yeah, someone's mad, someone's crying someone's whatever you know it's like right it's like we gotta fix that yeah Uh um which is really interesting actually so that's why i wanted to make this episode because i am super passionate about emotions it's something that i think about a lot that i have researched a lot and probably because i'm a big empath and feel really deeply and i honestly grew up feeling like that was a bad thing People would always tell me, oh, don't wear your heart on your sleeve or you're so dramatic, stuff like that. And so, but it wasn't until I was older that I was told that it was a gift by you, actually. And I learned to shift my perspective on it. So my hope for making this episode is to shift other people's perspectives around emotion and people can start thinking of emotions as healthy and beneficial as information, you know, and they're not necessarily good or bad just information and honestly what a beautiful gift emotions are that emotions aren't something to dread or apologize for but are normal and actually really crucial to the human experience my my big hope is that future generations can grow up and be able to express their emotions and process their emotions in healthy ways i follow an account by this ran by a psychologist her name is dr nicole 
Lepera, I think I said that right. Um, but she wrote a really powerful post and I wanted to share part of it. She said, the epidemic no one talks about is the epidemic of adult emotional immaturity. The fact that we struggle to communicate, that we insult and tear each other down, that we can't navigate conflict in ways that serve both people, that we're hypervigilant from decades of complex trauma so we can't even let people in, that we normalize maladaptive coping strategies rather than healing them. The human spirit is able to overcome anything. We were born to overcome, to be resilient, and to give back to the world around us. But for many of us, that means facing the reality that we didn't fully emotionally develop, that we are still children in adult bodies, and that that comes out most when we're upset or when we don't get our way. It is not our natural state to enjoy tearing each other down. It is not our natural state to turn away from people suffering. That is super powerful. I read that and that was just part of it, but I... Well, well sorry, that last part, um, it's not our natural state to turn, to turn away from people suffering. So the reason why I think that emotional people, I guess you could call them empaths mm -hmm. is what you said. Mm -hmm. I feel like the reason why what they have as a gift is because they feel what others are feeling, mm -hmm. you know, like really get into their shoes and really be able to feel how others are feeling. And like really bonding with other people emotionally so that they can commiserate well and they can comfort others well because mm -hmm. they can really get into their position and and feel how they're feeling and have a lot of empathy toward them. And you know that they're, ha they're actually feeling that empathy and it's not just faked or it's, you know, you're not a really hard person. You're not... Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah. I think that's special. I feel like that's, that actually really helps people to process their emotions and, and to have someone there with them that's like that so that they can, I feel like that's the gift side of it. And not that the other side is bad, but they feel strongly. And sometimes, sometimes empaths probably feel like that's a burden to others mm -hmm. because their feelings are so like overbearing or whatever on, on people around them. Right. I feel like that's what you've been told is like, oh, yeah, your feelings are super inconvenient or whatever. Yeah, like overbearing. And... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But. Um, Dramatic. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like it's not. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining myself. Yeah, <laughs> but, no. But I feel like that's where the gift is, is that the gift is being able to feel deeply like that. And part of that is feeling emotions strongly, mm -hmm. you know, in other areas. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I really love that. And I think it's true. I th but like that, what she said there, it's not a natural state to turn away from people that are suffering is if you have, if you're a very emotional person, you can really feel how other people are feeling when they're suffering and mm -hmm. be able to help them. Yeah. And I think being in tune with that and realizing that your emotions really are a gift and they don't make you weak or imperfect or anything for anyone. And you don't have to be a huge empath to feel that. Everybody has feelings, you know, and so to to realize that we really can, it can connect us so much. Our emotions can connect us and, and connect us deeply together as humans having human experiences. And so to really look at what a beautiful gift that is and focus on on that and being able to develop emotionally and become emotionally mature so that we know how to handle them and be able to help others do the same. That's why I think that that message is really powerful, that we can start healing ourselves and in turn healing future generations by accepting and allowing emotions and labeling them, validating, you know, the normal human, human experience and learning how to cope and problem solve. 
in healthy ways and then our emotions and the emotions of people around us. And I just, I really, I just have so much hope that becoming more aware and comfortable with emotions, and I mean all emotions, um, that we can understand them better so that we can gain a healthy relationship with them and future generations will grow up having learned how to not let their emotions negatively run their lives. I think when, when you know, we have healthy relationships with our emotions that we can be, people can be more compassionate, more loving, and be able to connect better with people, more aware of other people, that they'll be able to process and get the information that their emotions are giving them and then be able to cope and problem solve that they will be able to grow up emotionally mature, that we can heal ourselves and and in turn help our kids grow up being emotionally mature. I know that when we talk about emotions and we talk about kids, a lot of people are like, oh, so that means that we're going to raise some snowflakes, that yeah. we're going to raise fragile people <laughs> and, sure. you know, um, and so parents turn the opposite because they're so afraid of that. And so they turn to the opposite of tough love where empathy is rarely present and they feel like they're doing a good thing for their kids. It's all, I think, with good intentions, but... The research actually shows that normalizing emotions and learning emotional regulation actually creates very strong, happy, resilient, successful people. It has shown that EQ or emotional intelligence is a better determination of whether a person will have an overall happier or successful life, not IQ. A lot of people focus on IQ and, oh, that person is really smart and they're kids grow up to be a doctor and they're fine you know like you kind of hear that a lot you can be a lawyer you can be a doctor and yeah you can be really successful and find a lot of success in that I'm not trying to say that that's not important or you know but like <laughs> you can also not really be emotionally mature and not have and not have you know that aspect of your life under great control or you right. know not have a good relationship yeah with so emotions. it's like yeah, not calling out lawyers and doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. I'm just like, I'm just using that <laughs> but, as an example. No, you know? sure. Yeah, like the point is that you can be in a really successful position yeah. because of your IQ, mm -hmm. but that doesn't automatically grant you a happy pass. That doesn't automatically grant you a success pass in the sense of like personal fulfillment and personal yeah. success and mm -hmm. success around you and your family and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I like you have a lot of success in your career and which yeah, is great. Which and is like, great. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome. You know, no matter what but it you doesn't, do, it doesn't automatically give you a, a the same success everywhere else. Yeah. And and I just thought that 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 was that was interesting. That it's actually emotional intelligence that they have seen has created people with happy lives, you know, that are just overall happy, which that makes sense when you look at yeah, emotion isn't something that you can just get away from and that you that just doesn't affect you you know it affects people and so you can you can see how it can affect people in their careers and just in every aspect of their life so it's important it's important to gain emotional intelligence so let's jump in and talk about how we can do that and how we can help our kids do that so the first step is getting comfortable getting nice and cozy and comfy with your emotions <laughs> and talking about them, expressing them and allowing others to express their emotions. I'm actually so surprised a lot of times where a lot of people have expressed like, I like, we didn't even talk about emotions when we were growing up. My family, you know, people have said my family didn't even talk about emotions or those people get really uncomfortable or if they express emotions, they'll apologize. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm getting emotional. And it's like, 
why you know you taught you had to teach me this where if someone's going through one of our kids is going through a really emotional time you know it could be something silly whatever but they're feeling a real feeling Mm -hmm. and they're having an outburst of emotion right Mm -hmm. then it took me a while to allow them and i'm sure you're going to get to this but allow them to to ride the wave of the emotion to Mm -hmm. let them feel the emotion Mm -hmm. instead of going straight to how do I make this go away? Yeah, what's the fixing it. what's mm-hmm. the what's the solution to this current problem? Mm-hmm. The problem being this outburst of emotion. Yeah. And and like well, yeah, know, and how can I how can I like put the fire out? Right. Like looking at it as this is a problem that I need to fix, not like this is a healthy thing that they're going through. Right. Which is the perspective that I hope to shift for for people to think about it a little bit differently instead of looking at like, oh, my kid is crying. How do I make this stop? It's really freaky. And and instead going to, oh, actually, this is good. You know, this is good that they're getting this out. And sometimes I'm like, I just want my kids to cry because I know that they're holding stuff in or I know that they just need to have a big release. And so when they do, I'm like, oh, deep breath because... I know that this is good, that they are having this release and that their bodies need that. And so, so yeah, just creating like an open dialogue with emotion and accepting that emotions exist and allow them to be a part of our lives in the first place is huge. And I did this song with the kids. I think I've told you about it before, but I, I sing it sometimes just, I don't know, just kind of be silly, but really it's the truth. And uh, we say feelings are great feelings are grand they give our bodies information to tell us what we need hey (laughs) seeing that with them sometimes just because i i want them to know emotions are information and it, it helps create that open dialogue so that we're talking about about them in in healthy ways and not you know dodging it or whatever yeah like just no like it should be something expected yeah something that's normalized Mm-hmm. strong emotions are going to be felt and they're going to especially in children they're going to be manifested quite frequently mm-hmm. and so then just normalizing and having that expectation yeah is, is big yeah and when we really start allowing all emotions to show up like welcoming them into our lives we can start to get comfortable and curious about them and shift that perspective like oh yes let's get curious about this we're comfortable about it. This is a good release. What do you mean by curious about it? Curious about it as in uh, where it could be coming from or curious about like, okay, what does this mean? So what's the information that this emotion is giving us? Oh, you know, yeah. what could be going on in, in their life? We'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, so allow and accept emotions as part of the human experience, which leads right into the next step, which is giving language to the experience by labeling it. There's a saying that goes, name it to tame it. Have you ever heard that? I think I've talked to you about just that before. You. Yeah, just from you. Uh, but yeah, it's name it to tame it because our emotions like it when we give them a name. And that actually really helps in uh, in the whole like anxiety of it. A lot of people have a lot of anxiety when emotions come up because, oh, what is this? Like, I don't. But putting language to it really helps to start that process of, oh, okay, I know what this is. 
I'm feeling mad or telling your kid you're feeling mad right now like this is what mad feels like I, when I feel mad I, I feel my heart start racing or I feel like I kind of get hot and talking about those things so then they can start associating the feeling with the vocabulary it's kind of like remember when I always said I always say that the scariest thing is the is the thing for me mm -hmm. my the best the most thrilling type of horror or whatever yeah. is the monster that you never see Mm. it's the it's the unknown it's the imagination that goes crazy with mm -hmm. it right the, the mm -hmm. fear of the unknown is what yeah. really gets me hate it <laughs> yeah but the fear of the unknown yeah. is so powerful yeah and so um but then as soon as you see the monster right or mm -hmm. as soon as it has a name or whatever yeah. then and, and the more clues the more you find out about it the less scary it becomes mm -hmm. um and it's to the point where it's like once you see it you're like oh what it's like so disappointing like that's it that's all it was this yeah. whole time that was mm -hmm. the monster mm -hmm. you know or whatever and so it's kind of like what you know an emotion mm -hmm. i don't know i just made that no, correlation yeah, now yeah that and makes sense. yeah it's like it could seem so um like this monster mm -hmm. you know but then if you so powerful label because it, it's yeah, it's and, not understood or you're like exactly not sure what it is and yeah, so exactly yeah, so it's then, that unknown like getting familiar with it knowing what it's associated with putting a name to it mm -hmm. it makes it feel less daunting yeah for sure i think that's a great analogy actually <laughs> i think that's awesome and i think it's true i really do think it's true that the more we can find that association and connect the dots the less afraid we'll be about it the less anxiety it will cause for us and and for kids who are experiencing these emotions and while they're growing up they're pretty intense for them which is normal and so being able to connecting the dots for them and with them and with your support that it doesn't feel so scary like oh yeah I feel sad or I feel nervous so there's there's really awesome resources to help with labeling emotions because again the more we normalize and have conversations about all emotions the more emotionally intelligent we can all become so making them a part of our everyday lives by having pictures and books and games around with emotions in our home is really huge just normalizing it is big. So you can buy kits, journals, books, games. We have a kit from Generation Mindful and it's so cute. It's, I like really love it, but it came with my feelings poster that has a bunch of different feelings on it with, with the facial expression. And then came with like emotion cards to play games with to, for them to tangibly hold and look at and stuff um, with with suggestions of games to play and a few other really cute things like affirmation cards and stuff. So that's just an example of a really awesome kit. But if you're looking for more simple things, there's emotion wheels that you can download. And of course, Pinterest, everything's on Pinterest. <laughs> so, you know, you can you can look for resources there. And then something that I really love too is emotion journals. We have a couple from Big Life Journal that I love because it has like little faces that they can circle for how they feel in the day and then little questions and it also promotes growth mindset. It's really awesome and then there's other journals for older kids from Promptly Journals that would be great for starting the conversation and getting them familiar with things with activities and stuff. So it's their Weathering's Emotions journal if anyone's interested in that but it's super cute and fun and then we have some books like In My Heart and The Color Monster are just a few but then there's some that talk about specific emotions so yeah I mean there's a ton of resources and to all get familiar with what emotions look like and starting conversations and oh yeah and then uh I was just thinking about this too there's a website called Emotional ABCs I did that with the kids this summer that's just, again, getting more familiar with emotions and 
having them, you know, be as information and help them with visual through visuals and games. So, and that was really fun. The kids really liked to do that. So again, there's just so many resources, which I think is great. I think that it's being more normalized and there's just been so much research about how important and impactful emotional intelligence is, which I think is really awesome. And of course, labeling your own emotions. Modeling is huge as parents, you know, we've talked about before is just so powerful for kids. So our kids will see that we do it and they'll mimic it. So label your own emotions out loud, get comfortable with it. And it, it can help us in the in the process of becoming most more emotionally mature ourselves is doing all of these things so that our kids can see that and they model after us so yeah. much. So like, you with, know? like with them being around, you mm-hmm. tell them how you're feeling. Yeah. And you can, you know, like, you can feel, even yeah. talk about things that happened during the day. Like today I felt this way and just talking about it and letting them know I have emotions too. And, and having that conversation, you know, and then, and then even saying like, I'm starting to feel really frustrated right now. So I'm going to dip out for five minutes, you know, (laughs) but not being afraid to tell our kids, like, I'm starting to feel frustrated. I'm getting really upset right now. And I don't want to say things that I'll regret. So let's just take some space. And that's great. That's, that's really awesome to be able to do. Name it to tame it works for us as adults, helping us become more emotionally mature ourselves. So we've talked about the importance of allowing emotions and labeling them And now I'd like to talk about the next step, which is often the most overlooked step, but it's also the most crucial, which is validation. And I am so passionate about validation. Again, it's the step that people miss the most and that is just overlooked. But it is such an important step because everyone likes to feel like they're not alone. You know, everyone likes to know that their feelings make sense and validating others' emotions builds so much connection and and trust. It helps to know that our feelings are normal and that other people have felt the way that we have, that other people have been in our shoes before. So when emotions are validated, it de-escalates situations so quickly. Seriously, like if you think about and compare the times when we've validated our kids and the times that we haven't, the situation is dissipated way faster and problems are solved and more connection and understanding is formed. They just kind of melt into you when they are like, yes, you get me, you understand, you know? And I've felt that way when people have validated me. I've been like, yes, I feel seen and heard and understood. And it's really, really powerful. Psychologists have talked about the importance of validation over and over again. People talk about it in therapy all the time. You know, people that I've talked to who have this realization of how powerful validation is. So what is validation then? Validation is when you say like you feel disappointed because today didn't go the way that you had hoped. That makes sense. And it's okay to feel that way. That's validating is is like saying how they saying how they feel, how they feel like what they're like... feeling so that it goes hand in hand with labeling. So you're saying like you feel disappointed because today didn't go how you had hoped. I've felt that way before. And that's okay. It's okay to feel that way. That makes sense. It's hard when things don't, you know, when you have a plan in your mind and it doesn't go that way. I know how that's that feels. Hard that's we... hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And and being genuine about it, when we do that, it's showing that we really believe what they're going through. That's huge with validation. Letting them know, I believe you. I believe you and I see you in your hard time. I heard a therapist once who said that for a lot of her adult clients, 
they have a hard time letting themselves start to feel their emotions because they're scared it won't ever stop. And that's because they haven't ever been given the opportunity to feel and be seen and know that they will get through it. Validation is huge in letting people know this is normal. I've been through it. You'll get through it. And that they have an emotional human experience and learn so many things from it and come out so much better and feeling so much lighter. So when we accept and allow and tolerate our children's feelings, it helps them to start believing that they will be able to get through it, that they can tolerate their own feelings. And that's huge. You know, when when you sit with your kids and let them know, like, this doesn't scare me and we've got this. I'm here for you. I see you. I believe you in this hard time. Then they're like, okay, I, I can get through this. I know that if my adult believes this and believes me and believes that we'll get through this, well, I can do is, it too. Like that understands too, mm-hmm. you know, as part of validation. Yeah, that's been there. Yeah. Yeah. So try it. Try it with your kids and see how powerful it is. I know that this can be hard though because as adults, we might necess- not necessarily agree sometimes with with why our child feels that way, but it's not about agreeing. You don't need to agree. You just need to believe that they're going through that hard thing and that it's okay. You can put yourself in their shoes. And I mean, a lot of us had had experiences where we were told that our feelings weren't a big deal, you know, or to knock it off. I know that I have. And well, to, yeah, because the things that are going through for a kid or a teenager or whatever yeah it's like oh well we're adults we deal with adult things this is this is meaningless in the scope of everything else that you just don't understand yet so you shouldn't be feeling you know like you shouldn't Mm -hmm. put so much effort or yeah emotion into this but but that that causes so much disconnection and, and really loss of trust because what drives connection is empathy and so having empathy for someone putting yourself in someone else's shoes and realizing that, yeah, as an adult, it might not matter that, you know, you didn't get the red cup or whatever, but it matters to them because they love red and, you know, in their and limited the, life experience. That's extremely important that's to them. That's <laughs> really impo- important to them. And I'm not saying that we coddle them and make a huge deal about it. You're just like, yeah, you really like red. And it's hard when you don't get things that you like, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, that can apply. That can apply to any age age group, I guess. Yeah. Is, yeah. It sucks to not get what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. And and I, I love this concept. So Ralphie Jacobs, who I have talked about before, who I, um, I just I love, but she has the mantra just like me. And I really like that. So she says to herself, they like things a certain way, just like me. They get nervous in new situations, just like me. They feel disappointed when they don't get what they want, just like me. And I think that's really powerful to be able to take those situations. Yeah, they get upset when they don't get what they want, just like me. Right. I've, Instead of saying, oh, they get upset when they don't get to shut the door. You're normal, looking, I, like mm-hmm. relate to it better by saying they don't like when they don't get to do the things or experience the things that they mm-hmm. were expecting to or hoping to. Yeah. And just just like me. Yeah, I, I know how, like that, how yeah. that feels. And I really love that. I Realizing that we aren't that different can help us show more empathy and compassion for our kids. We can foster connection and trust by letting our kids know that their feelings are normal and make sense and that we believe them, that we've been there, you know, in some sort of of way, even sharing a time that you've felt similar, if that helps them. One of our kids really likes that and asks, mom, have you 
felt this way before. Tell me a story about when you felt like this. And that fosters a lot of connection. And now she's starting to do that with other people, you know, saying, oh, I've felt like this before and this is what I've done or or this is a situation that I've felt like this before. And I, I know that you have mentioned before and a lot of people have mentioned before about feeling genuine when, yeah, when it comes to validating. Yeah, sometimes I feel like validating, especially when you're not in the mood for it, mm-hmm. validating is just kind of like, if I say these words, then they'll feel better. Yeah, like <laughs> it's this magic thing that you have to say, sort of, you know? But I, so I wanted to, I wanted to speak to that a little bit because I think that a lot of people feel that way that sometimes it's hard because you're just annoyed and not understanding why they're freaking out about not getting to shut the door again, you know, but first off validating your own feelings, like this is hard. I'm tired. I'm feeling overstimulated and starting to get frustrated and taking deep breaths and try to remember that you're the creator of calm. We've talked about this before, uh, about co-regulation and how two differing emotions can't be together in the same room, that one has to leave and they have to synchronize. So um, if, if you feel like you can't validate in that exact moment, that's okay because the last thing that you should do is, is fake it or be sarcastic, you know, that that will come across in your tone. And tone is really important when it comes to validating. You can say the same thing like, yeah, it sucks when you don't get what you want. And that's not validating. (laughs) You know, like your tone really, really matters. So just try to focus. If you're not feeling it, you feel like you're going to be sarcastic or you're feeling like this is just so stupid. I would just focus on holding your calm. Remembering that you're in control of that, even though I know that in those situations, it can feel like you're not in control. But remembering that you are the creator of calm and you can have control over the situation in that way. So staying calm and in control where they ride their emotion and synchronize to you. You want the, you want them to synchronize to you, not you synchronize to them. And then you can circle back later when feelings aren't so intense. And then do validation at that point. Yeah. It doesn't have to be right then and there. Yeah, it doesn't have to be right then and there. Fact, like you sometimes can, you can't do it right then and there. Right. And that's fine. It doesn't all have to be in the moment. I talked about that too where people are like oh I just have to do all of these things in the moment or it's not gonna have the same effect but really time is such a gift in parenting take time use time to your advantage and then you can circle back and get information you can ask your kid tell me what was going on for you I could tell that that was really hard can you tell me what was going on for you and they'll be able to tell you and then you can validate when you're in more of a position of understanding and the situation isn't intense so that your tone will ref- reflect your sincerity, you know, when right. when yeah. you have more understandings, just remembering that your tone matters. So, yeah, if it's all that you can do in your moment in the moment is to just hold your calm and be quiet, then do that. But but I know that that's not always the case. I know that a lot of times especially when you're new to this and you're feeling like you're about to explode, which is your emotions synchronizing to theirs. So if that's the case, then you you can just walk away. And that, that and I think that's totally fine that sometimes we we feel that way because we're all human, we're all learning and it's hard. Like it's hard to sit with emotions sometimes. So in that case you can just walk away and just say, I just need a minute. I'll be back in five minutes. I love you and set a timer and walk away and then because that's 100% better than exploding on them. And then in the five minutes are over, you can come back and give them a hug and make some sort of connection and then ask them to tell you again, like more about what was happening for them and actively listen. You can ask clarifying questions if needed and allow 
allow their experience, believe it's real for them, and then genuinely validate when you're more in a position to do that. Validation, again, doesn't have to happen in the moment. Just be genuine about it. That's And, and your tone really, really matters when it comes to validation. This doesn't mean that you give them what they want. It just means that you allow their feelings. Allowing and labeling and validating doesn't mean that they get their way or that their actions that they took are acceptable. That's not it at all. Remembering that all feelings are okay. It's just what you do with them that matters is huge. And I think that it gets it gets mixed up a lot. We were talking about this the other day. I was talking about this the other day with the kids. One of them was having a hard emotion and they said, I just feel like I can't be mad that it's bad. So I started reminding them that there aren't any bad feelings and that one and then one of the kids was like, well, what about hitting? And I was like, well, hitting is not a feeling. Hitting is an action done because of a feeling. And the feeling behind that action is probably anger, which was a reminder to me that they can be associated really associated. Very tightly. Yeah, they can be uh, tightly associated. Distinguish them and say yeah this that, is between the, emotion, the actions and the emotion. this is the emotion which is okay and should be tolerated yeah and this is the action which should which is not tolerated right or is you know whatever yeah and so i i was just like hitting is a, isn't a feeling the feeling there's anger and anger isn't bad but the choices that we make because of how we're feeling may not be the best so we just need more learning and practice of what how to handle our emotions better and i think that teaching that is so crucial you know, distinguishing them and and having them not so tightly woven together that all feelings are okay, but it's what you do with them that matters. And remembering ourselves as parents to disassociate the actions of our kids with their feelings during them expressing their emotions, it's really, really hard to hold back our anger or silence the narratives that might be going on for us about wanting to fix things or have justice be served, but stopping and remembering that behavior is communication. So what's behind, this is what I was talking about before about getting curious, like what's behind their behavior or what is their behavior communicating? What what could be the feeling there? What could be going on for them outside of the moment? They could be expressing anger because of something that happened yesterday, but coming with curiosity rather than judgment, there'll be time for, for learning later It helps to process the emotion and then we can teach them better actions to take in the future. Again, validation doesn't mean that they get what they want or that their actions are okay. It just means that all their feelings are allowed, accepted, and that they are seen and believed in their hard time. And I think think that's a really crucial thing to shift for sure. So yeah, I know that we've talked about a lot. But processing emotions by allowing, labeling, validating, coping in healthy ways, and then problem solving can be a lot. I, I get I get that. And it takes more time to allow our children to feel. It takes more time to sit with them and support them. And it, it takes a lot of effort at first. But the more that you do it and the more that you practice and the more of the norm it comes becomes in our lives, then the easier it gets. But still we're all human. We won't and we can't do it right all the time. And that's totally fine. Research actually says that even if you do this 10% of the time, it makes a lasting impact. 
which is really powerful. Even doing it 10% of the time, helping your kids process their emotions this way, allowing them to feel validating all of it. That That's huge. It can make a lasting impact. So so just try. We're all just learning. We're all just trying our best and we're all human and we'll all make mistakes, which is why there is a such thing as repair. And that's really powerful. I'm going to make a whole episode about repair because it, it is such a powerful parenting tool. But remember that there's a lot of systematic change that needs to happen, especially I think when it comes to emotions, which I see happening now a lot of shifting towards emotional intelligence which is really awesome so we can we can't break all cycles though we can't be the culprit of the systematic change all in in just our lifetime but we can be the start which is really powerful and I've heard people say what one big thing about this is I've heard people say well yeah this that's great but the world does not work that way the world is harsh and tough and cruel so I can't do this with my kids because I got to prepare them for the real world, you know? Mm -hmm. And to that, I I heard this analogy that I really like that I think illustrates this point. But you, uh, you know when you played tag as a kid and there was a safe spot and you were like, oh, okay, you're you're in the safe zone. Nobody can touch me here. I'm safe. You can't touch Mm me. That's what you should be for your kids. That's what your home should be is that safe place. A refuge from the world, from the world that can be really harsh and really tough. And that's what kids need is a safe haven. And growing up in that kind of safety and security is what creates strong, resilient, and ready to take on the world kids. Not tough love, not being what the world is. It's being different from the world. Having your home And you, that relationship being the safe spot that they can land, that they, that's secure. That's what creates resilient, strong kids who are ready to go take on the world. So just remembering that, that it's not permissive. It's not raising snowflakes. Babying them. Yeah, it's not babying them. That research has said this is what creates strong, resilient kids having a safe place to land. So... It's never too late too late to shift our perspectives and see the power and importance behind allowing emotions to be a part of our lives, to accept and label and validate them. It's never too late to to try new things, to learn and to teach better ways, to learn better ways ourselves and to teach our kids better ways of coping and finding solutions to help them process emotions. We don't want our emotions to get stuck. That's a whole other thing of emotions being stuck and they can manifest in different ways. So we can do better and then hopefully our kids will do better than we do and their kids will do better and the cycle just keeps on improving. We can seriously have a really big impact. So yeah, let's work to shift our perspectives around emotion and really start seeing them as the amazing gifts that they are. Emotions don't make us weak or imperfect. And when we feel hard feelings, it certainly doesn't mean something is wrong with us. Emotions are gifts. And if we can start shifting our perspectives and truly start believing that and learning to gain a healthy understanding and relationship with them, then we can help others do the same. We can navigate conflicts better. We can have better relationships, more deep, more meaningful, communicate better, cope better, and we will be well on our way to an emotionally intelligent future. And as a result of that, a more compassionate and peaceful world. I think we all want that. We all want to live there and we all want that for our kids.
All right. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and can start the journey of looking at emotions a bit differently to really start thinking of them as the gifts that they are. People are so afraid to feel or even to witness the feelings of others. And I get that, especially when it comes to children. And I hope that we can work to shift away from that and to start to realize that emotions are a tool to let us know what we need. I truly believe that this can change the world. I really hope that we can start raising a generation that isn't afraid or ashamed of their feelings, a generation that accepts emotions for what they are and has a healthy relationship with them, and that through all the untangling of our own emotional messes, that we can remember that we got this. We can try our best, and some days our best won't look that great, or it won't look how we think it should, but we can try, and our kids will be better for it. The world will be better for it, for your effort. Thanks for tuning in today. I so appreciate your support. And like always, please remember that the things we talk about are based on my research, experiences, and what I've learned. If you have any questions or want to chat, please leave a comment. I would love to talk. Or you can reach me on Instagram at a peculiar parent. Thanks again, you guys. Until next time.